Oh, it's so good to see you again. You look beautiful. Why don't you turn and tell somebody you look better than when you came in. Tell them right now. You can sit down. You can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be home. Uh, what, what Pastor Jay didn't say is um, I wasn't supposed to be here today. I was scheduled to be in Bulgaria for the first time, which would be my 70th nation. And about three weeks ago, the pastor rang and said, we have an emergency and we can't have you come right now. I said, well, I'm already going to be in Germany uh, and I can't cancel. And we were, flowing, we, were, we were flying in and out of Europe for the first time ever. Our entry point was Gatwick. And so I said, I'm going to call Pastor Jay and just see if, if he knows a church that might have me on that Sunday. Forgetting it was the 21st birthday. Happy birthday, everybody. I don't know if the legal adult age in the, in the UK, in America, the legal adult age is 21. It means you're full grown and ready to reproduce. Okay? And so we're just, I'm um, here on, uh, on time. I want to um, just bring you greetings from Florida. And my message today is called The Rising Tide. The Rising Tide. I want you to open your Bibles, if you have one, to Genesis chapter 2. And we'll get into it in a moment. I want to tell you this. You were made to walk in higher places than you're walking right now. Your life was created to be an influence. John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And the fact is that in your lifetime, you will influence thousands of people, even if you're quiet. Sometimes we talk about leadership, even when Pastor Sally was talking about inviting people to the Leadership Summit. Maybe you don't see yourself as a leader because you think leadership is, a, is an outgoing personality or somebody that stands up on a platform. I want you to know that leadership is influence and you're going to have great influence in your life whether you do or not. Yeah. I was so excited when I came in this morning because I thought I saw the queen come in to the service and then I realized it was Mama Melfi. And we just give honor to Mama Melfi. Listen, if she wasn't here, he wouldn't be here. So we need to thank her on the way out. And she does, you look so beautiful, so regal. She looks just, 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 just like the queen to me. She really does. Anyway, uh, the fact is that in, you know, I read a study re, uh, just maybe a couple of years ago that says that even an introverted person will influence approximately 10,000 people in their lives by a ripple effect. Just by being influenced with one or two, it'll ripple into 10,000 people. That's if you're quiet, and most of you aren't. Imagine that, that a quiet person, sometimes we can feel if we're more shy, quiet people, some of you would rather you know, walk on uh, hot, hot coals than get up here and speak. But that's not, influence is not just what we do. Influence is what every Christian has on their life. Every person that follows Jesus has Jesus inside of them. And that light of God's glory burning, sometimes a flicker and sometimes a flame. And I want to talk to you today about really getting that flame to go higher and walking in greater glory. You were made to walk in high places. You're a leader whether you know it or not. Let me just read to you from Genesis chapter 2, a passage that I've read a lot of times, but recently it came alive for me in our church, and I wanted to bring it here. 
Genesis 2, verse 7, this is just after God creates man in his image, charges man with going into and you know, being fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, take dominion. And then this is what it says in Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Verse 8, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. It's interesting, God didn't create a garden, he planted one, and I'll talk about that in a moment. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sign and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's another whole message. There were two trees in the garden that were, and only one of them was said among the thousands or millions of trees. Only one was forbidden. The tree of life was there and Adam never got near it, even in paradise and perfection. And it says this, verse 10. This is where we're going to go today. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It's the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hittichel. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Let's pray one more time. Just ask the Holy Spirit to just quicken us. Lord, I need you to put your words in my mouth. I need you to come and just turn the light in on our hearts that we can have understanding of everything you want to say and do. For I proclaim according to the word of the Lord you gave me today, I proclaim a season of promotion, a season of greater glory, a season of new steps. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a statement around our church that simply says this. A rising tide lifts all the boats. From kayaks to ocean liners, from canoes to battleships, a rising tide lifts everyone. And so what we need to walk in the greater glory of God is not just for a couple of people to get ahead. We need to rise or raise the tide. We need to cause the flow to come higher and that it lifts everyone. A lot of times we hide behind our personalities. We hide behind our experiences. We go through something great, and then from then on we're trying to reproduce that in our lives, and we keep thinking backwards instead of forward. We keep saying, well, back in 19 such and such, I, we, we experienced this, and so this is this. What I love about this church is you're always moving forward. There are people that never get past a mistake, a failure, a broken marriage, a broken home, a broken heart. And it becomes their point of reference the rest of their lives where they get stuck in a place of brokenness and they keep recreating or repeating like a broken record. Some of you don't know what a record is, but there used to be a needle on a record. And if it hit, if you scratched it, it just would play the same thing over and over again. And many people are like that. They get into a place where they're stuck in a rut, stuck in a groove, 
And they keep repeating the same day over and over again and never really living fully for the purpose of God. But from the beginning of creation, God created man in his image and then charges him. Then the next thing you see after the creation, that God breathes the life into, into man and then he creates a place for him to work. He plants a garden. He didn't create it. He didn't, I dream of genie it and blink it in. He didn't point his finger. He didn't even speak to this one. He planted seeds. God planted seeds. Why in the world would God have to plant seeds? Because he had to show man that it would work. He had to show man that everything would work. Remember right after he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, take dominion. And he said, and I've given you the seed in every living thing and the seed in itself for the next generation. And so God takes seeds and plants a garden and begins to see something great, begins to see growth and places Adam there. The Lord God formed man, breathed into him the life, and then he planted the garden. He didn't create it. He planted it. Why? Because God's system will always succeed. God's system will always prevail. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's a law. It's a law like the law of gravity. If I take this lid right here, and if I, if I uh, say, well, you know, maybe this time it'll float in the air if I drop it, and I drop it down, it's gonna, how many believe it's gonna, it's gonna drop down a thousand times out of a thousand? Why? Because it's a law. The law of gravity has to be superseded by the law of lift. There has to be something to make it fly, an engine to drive it. And so the law of faith, we live by the law of faith and the law of seed time and harvest that the Bible says it will never cease. As long as they're day and night, it'll never cease. So God creates the man. He points out the, the thing, the, the, the garden. He plants the garden. The garden starts to come up, and God immediately gives man a purpose. He gives him a task. He gives him a job. I want you to know that, in, that you're, you going to work is not a curse. It's a blessing. You going to work gives you self-esteem, changes your insides. You putting in a good day's work and getting a reward for it was shown from God from the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 2. That a man's, the Bible says a, a, a workman is worthy of his wage. That someone who works hard should get paid well. I, that was a better amen moment. A person that works hard is worthy of their wage. Do you believe that when you go to work, you should get something, uh, a paycheck? When you, you should get some money in return, yes? Anybody want to work for free? Just report to Pastor Jay, please. If you'd like to work full-time for free, report to Pastor Sally, and we'll take your name. But in reality... The Bible says God immediately gives man a purpose and places him in the garden. He makes him an earth manager. He makes him a farmer, a rancher. He gives him a task. He gives him a job. And now what I want to focus on, God releases four riverheads. He releases a tide. And it says it will water the garden. What's watering your garden? What, what is it that feeds the company you work with? What is it that causes it to rise or fall? I was thinking about the game. You know, some of you have seen the, the children's game, the family game, Snakes and Ladders. 
It's interesting, you know, you, what, I, what I was seeing kind of is, describes that game. If you step on the right square, you get a ladder that takes you up to promotion. But if you find the snake, you're going down. Isn't that prophetic? We show it in the kids' games. The kids even know it. If I step in the wrong place, I'm going to get bitten by the snake and go down. Your promotion is about the decisions that you make and the faith that you release to trust God for that next breakthrough, that next season of promotion. God releases four riverheads. Adam didn't ask for them. God releases them. God shows them where they are and points them out. And every garden needs a good water source, right? You know, in the ancient world, in fact, the Hebrew word for river is the word nehar that means a stream or a flow, a flow. So God puts man in this workplace, but then he gives it a flow. He gives it a current. He gives it where there's a schedule. He gives it where there's a flow. And, he know, and there are seasons, and, and there are times, and there are work days, and there's rest days. And there's kind of a rhythm. When life is working well, you're in a rhythm, and you, you have that constant and that flow. The most frustrated people in the world are people that are out of the flow of God. In fact, I'll tell you this, the, the most frustrated people I've ever met personally and worked with when I was in the insurance business 30 years ago were people that had the call of God on their lives, but resisting it, pushing against it, and saying, no, I don't want to do that, God. And so instead of going with the flow of God, they spend their lives walking against the current and wondering why life is so hard. God immediately releases a flow. Are you with me? Are you awake today? Can I have a few more moments? And so a river in the Hebrew mind is figurative of prosperity and provision. So God sends not just one river, but he sends four rivers. A river is different than a swamp, isn't it? In, in Florida, we have the Everglades down at the bottom of our state. And it's, I was driving through that. I was preaching in Miami a couple of weeks ago. And I was driving right on the edge of the, where the highway is and the Everglades begin. And you can see almost across the whole state at one place. And it was, it's just one giant swamp. The difference between a river and a swamp is the flow, the current. A swamp has no, it has an entry point, but it has no exit. It has, it has a take, but no give. It has a receive, but no release. And so a swamp is, when, when, when uh, swamp water can become poisonous and toxic. Why? Because it just sits there. It's stagnant water. Your life was created to flow with God. Your life was created to have a current. And interesting that, that money is called currency. Currency. There's a current, you see. <clears throat> There's a... There's, a, there's supposed to be a flow. We all know people that are professional takers, the entitled people. <clears throat> we call them gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. There are people that live like that, and they just want to take from you. They feel they're entitled because they had such a poor lot in life. They were born on the wrong side of the tracks. They didn't get the benefits of the rest of us, and so they want to take. There's a difference between a receiver and a taker because somebody who receives and yet keeps it going with the flow and pouring back into others and to God first, what you find is that the current begins to create a new cycle. And that's God's will. That's God's purpose. That's God's best. 
Now, how many of you know that in every, in the scriptures, every word is important? When God says something, you can really look at it. If you'd, I, I like to do word studies. I know Pastor Jay does, does as well. But think about the woman at the well in John chapter 4. She has a conversation with Jesus. She comes for a drink, and he's there for a drink. They have a conversation about water. And he says to her, uh, he says, ma'am, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for a drink, and I would give you rivers of living water. Genesis 2. He said, if, if you knew who you were talking to, man, I got a goosebump right now. He, says, he said, if you knew who you were, was talking to you right now, you would ask me for a flow. You would ask me for a drink, and what I give you begins to flow in you and through you and begins to create a new flow around the people around you. You have to be religious to be out there in the community. You don't have to just smack people on the head with a Bible and, and tell them they're in sin. Can I tell you, people, that, how, many, how many former sinners, before you gave your life to Christ, you knew you were in sin before? And you were good at it. Yeah. But you knew. Why? Because of that conscience. You knew. Nobody had to tell you. You knew you weren't in God's plan. You, you knew you weren't in the flow, in the way of God. Didn't you? But what do we do? We get saved and we want to start telling people what they're doing wrong instead of pointing them to a flow. Everybody in London is looking for God. They just don't know it. Everyone, everyone in London, everyone is looking for a flow in their lives. I guarantee you. They just don't know what they're looking for is Jesus. They, 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 and most of them aren't looking for religion, but they're looking for relationships that work. They're looking for a life that works, a lifestyle that works. They're looking for blessing on their job. They're looking for raises and promotions and benefits like you are. But we see it differently. Jesus wants to give this woman an internal flow that would never drop, and he wants to do the same for you today. I want to give you the four names and the meanings of the four names of these rivers because they're very important. In fact, in fact, I would, just, I would say mind-blowing. When I studied this a few weeks ago, I had never studied it before. I had never heard anybody preach on it, and I just began to get this in my spirit, and I fell upon these, and I started just doing a simple word study. You can look it up in the Strong's Concordance just like I did. I want to say this to you. The Lord is opening up rivers in your desert. But remember what the Scriptures in Isaiah, forget the former things. Don't consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Shall I not make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert? God is about to send four new rivers into your life and, that, and it will propel you. You won't have to ask the boss for promotion. You'll be marked out for promotion. And if the boss gets in the way, you'll take his job. Don't tell him that, please. <laughs> My church told me, I'm going to have your job. Don't tell, don't tell him that. Talk to God about it. These are four engines that rev up your life. Number one, Pishon. Pishon. Listen to this. The meaning, the literal meaning of the word Pishon, the first river God's open, God opens up, is to sow or scatter freely or to increase to the point of overflowing. Let me say it again. I wish we had it on the screen. I didn't have time to give it to the, to the media. But I'll say it again slowly. Listen. Pishon means to sow or scatter freely. To be a giver. To not just be a taker, 
but to re- be a receiver. Some of you that are really, you like to give, you don't ever have enough to give because you're a bad receiver. Some of you never know how to receive. Somebody wants to bless you, go, no, no, it's not necessary. Well, listen, how are you going to bless somebody else if you're not blessed yourself? So there's a difference that the motivation has to be, I'm not trying to be a taker, but humility doesn't say, no, I won't receive. But thank you, now I can continue the flow. The first river that's going to water your garden, your job, your, your life, your purpose is sowing and reaping. It is, it is to sow or scatter freely or to increase to the point of overflowing. Is that amazing? That's what the first meaning of the river is that God talks about. This is not a conversation that, that Adam starts. This is a conversation God starts right in creation, puts him in his job, and here's the thing. I'm going to give you four rivers. Paishon. Now then God says something just really I found this kind of odd. I had to kind of do a double take. Because God says, okay, and the first river is Pishon. And then God says it skirts the land of Havilah. Havilah means a circle or cycle. A circle or cycle. So God says, okay, the first land is seed time, is sowing freely and scattering freely. It's increased to the point of overflowing. It's just near the land of a new cycle of a new circle in your life, a new flow. Some of you right now, and maybe you've just begun to tithe or to give or to put God first, and you're still in a situation where you're still living in the old cycle, and you're saying, oh, it's not working. I'm not seeing the blessing yet. Let me tell you something. Keep going. Keep going. Because you've got to find that flow until you get into the new cycle. Now, God says, the land of Havilah, where the new cycle is, and God says, where there's gold... What in the world? Isn't, isn't, isn't gold filthy lucre? Are we, are we not supposed to chase the gold? What has God pointed out in the very beginning that the most valuable things in the world are in a river and you have to dig for them? God says it, and then God says, where there's gold in the new cycle, in Havilah, in the land of Havilah, there's gold and the gold is good. That's not what I was taught in Sunday school class. I was taught, oh, filthy lucre, gold, oh, it'll destroy your life. God says, in the river, the first river, in the sowing and scattering freely is the gold. Where's the gold? It's in sowing, scattering freely. we're We're living with tin cups. And God says, I've got golden chalices for you. We're, living, we're using tin foil. And God says, I paved my streets with gold. You're not shouting enough today. You're too quiet. Only Pastor Jay has given me, given me encouragement here. Listen, God says, in Havilah, there's gold. And the gold is good. And then he goes on. Why... There's always a reward for sacrifice. God's nature is that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What happens when David comes and hears his brothers talking about Goliath at the battlefield, and they're, having a, and they're all afraid of Goliath, and David stands there, and you know what he does? David says, what shall be done for the man who takes him down? What's the reward? 
And they said, well, he's going to have free taxation from the king, and he gets to marry the king's beautiful daughter. David said, let me see her first. No, he doesn't say that in Scripture, but... <laughs> I'm pretty sure he knew what happened to Jacob when he got hosed with Leah. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> Thinks he marries Rachel and wakes up in a snaggletooth Leah. Where the Bible says, bless her heart, she had a sweet spirit. I won't go there. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I digress. And so David said, what, is, what, what will be done? And he, get, he finds out the reward first. Why? Because God's nature, the sweet psalmist of Israel, mighty warrior, King David, he knew God's a rewarder. So what should be done? We don't think about it. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because he that comes to God must believe two things. Number one, Hebrews 11, 6 says, number one, that he is God. And number two, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, which he pointed out right after created man. I'm going to give you a job. Now I'm going to give you the flow to help that job work. And in the first river called scattering freely, there's gold, a reward for all of your work. Everybody say it's promotion time. Can I give you the three more? Can I give you the three more and we're going to pray? Number two, gaihon. This is awesome. The word gaihon literally means in Hebrew, bursting. Oh. Bursting forth. It means breaking out or breaking through. So the second river is that there's going to be moments where the flow is having trouble and you need a breakthrough. The second river is going to help break you through in moments when you can't get through or you don't see a way. Jesus said, I'll make the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Understand, there's a bursting forth. Restoration means, restoration in God says this, for your shame, you'll have double honor, right? For your shame, God says, for the, for the, for the shame you've been through, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. For the, for, the, for the stuff you've been through in your life, for the people that accused you or said stuff about you or tried to get you fired or tried to shake you down or rip you off or hold you back, God says, don't worry about it. There's going to be a bursting forth at the exact moment you need it. Bursting, bursting, bursting. I love that. Number three, the third... River is called Hiddekel, which we know today as the Tigris River. Hiddekel, listen to this, means active, vehement, or rapid. It speaks of an acceleration moment. It speaks of a moment where, where the water is just flowing and all of a sudden it starts going down an incline and becomes rapids. Has anybody ever been whitewater rafting in this church? Whitewater rafting, a few of you. I went one time in the Snake River in Idaho when I was preaching out there, and we were in this boat. We had this guide, and we're going down the rapids, and the guide says, okay, coming up here is Mike's tomb. So you got to be very careful. I said, why do they call it Mike's tomb? And he just looked at me. I said, you don't want to know. So he says, okay, whatever we do, we've got a, you've got to paddle. When I say left, when I say right, you've got to paddle, and you've got to really paddle hard, because otherwise, if we turn around and go down backwards, we're in deep trouble. We hit a rock, and we spun around, and we went down Mike's tomb backwards, and I never prayed in tongues so much in my life. 
Jesus. I said, if I get out of this one, I will chalk it up to my one-time bucket list thing. I did that, I'm done. Won't do it again. We came through Mike's tomb upright. Most of the the people flip over and go upside down, which is why they get in trouble. We made it through upright, so I said, okay, angels, you you did your job. I'm not going to report you to heaven. (laughs) The third river is that place where it's active, vehement, or the rapids. It speaks of an acceleration or intensity. I believe we're coming into a season of acceleration and intensity. It's going to be where, where you know, something is, is going along and all of a sudden it's going to get faster, stronger, and more intense. I love that. I love that. When God's moving that way, I love it. You still awake? Okay, number four and last. The, the fourth river is the river Euphrates, which is still called Euphrates. Listen to what Euphrates means. Fruitfulness and productivity. Fruitfulness and productivity, that you actually accomplish something by the fourth river. That the fourth river that feeds your land, feeds your life, fills your job, gives you the flow, gives you the provision of God in that flow. The final thing is you're going to actually accomplish the goals, the dreams, the mission, the things you were believing God for, the things you set out for. You're going to actually accomplish it and achieve those things. I love what Daniel says. Those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. This is a season of be fruitful and multiply, and there's a fulfillment of it. Listen, rivers have ebbs and flows. They they roll with the tide of the moon. They come in cycles. The ebb is the outgoing tide. The flow is the incoming tide. And there will still, I'm not telling you there won't be a few ebbs and flows in this year or with this season you're coming into, but I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, that his best is that you find these four rivers feeding you, flowing through you in your life, on your job, so that you're finding your purpose, not just a task. Now, I'll say this to you. you if you're in a job you hate right now, don't quit. Because sometimes in those moments, we learn things that God is preparing us for when we get to the actual place of our purpose. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make is they, they hear this kind of word. They go, okay, well, I hate my job. I'm gonna, no, you don't quit that. The Bible says faithful in little, faithful in much. Unfaithful in little, unfaithful in much. He that is entrusted with that which is another man's, if he's not faithful in that, how's he going to have his own? I believe that God is going to speak to many of you over these next few years about your own business or your own idea or your own creative invention, something you're going to do, something you're going to try, something you've dreamed of your whole life, something about your purpose, but don't quit your day job. Don't, don't just get out there and make sure, listen, make sure to find your purpose. I always tell our people this. Your purpose is found at the intersection of three important things. Number one, what are you good at? What are you good at? Number two, what do you love to do? Not just like, what do you love to do? And number three, what does the world need? If you can find in that place where you find out what, the, what you're good at. Listen, there are people who say, I love to sing. And they say, oh, go ahead and try out and be on the team. And they, ah, they sound like a wounded cow. <laughs> if you're not good at it, it's not your purpose, baby. We love you but sing in the shower. 
It's great. Sing in the shower, don't record it. We don't want to hear it. So you've got to be good at it. You've got to enjoy it. Listen, there are things in your life, you know, there are people that actually believe, and I think it's the old traditional religion, you know, Christianity that I came out of, denominational, traditional background, and Methodism and Presbyterianism growing up. And some people believe that if they give their lives to God, God is going to tell them to do the thing they hate the most. And so they say, I don't want to get saved because God may call me to Africa to be a missionary. When I gave my life to God, I said, God, I give you my life. I'll even go to Africa to be a missionary. And I've been there many times as a missionary. But it wasn't my first nation. It was my 50th nation in different parts of Africa. But there are people that actually believe that. They think, if I, if I trust God, he's surely going to tell me to do something I hate to do. Well, there may be tests in those moments. There will be things you hate to do. Let me just tell you that right now. And you got to keep going. But God never wastes anything. Because his purpose is that you learn something for what you're called to do in those moments of what you hate to do. But it's not the, it's not the main thing of your life. It's not that you're going to drop everything to a chain. God is going to bless you. The, you know, they, they say one of the greatest things in life is to find a person who, who, who simply found a way to do what they do and what they love doing the most and found a way to get paid for it. Bless others. Don't get trapped in the past. Don't get stuck without a river. Don't get stuck in a swamp where you're just lamenting, oh, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my pain. You don't know my frustration. You don't know my family. You don't know where, what house we were. You don't know our past. Listen, I don't need to know that. God gave these people from the moment of humanity and creation. God said, here's your garden. Go in there and tend it and keep it. Guard it. Guard it. Watch over it. Nurture it. Keep the bugs off the plants. Till the soil. Take care of it. And I'll send you the rivers. And the rivers are not going to just be on you. They're going to be through you, in you. Rivers of living water. The Bible says that God speaks of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. I believe 21 years is a great, great time of celebration. It's a time to party. But it's a time to party because God's purpose is being revealed right now in these days. And I'm going to say this to some of you that are my age or older. Maybe you're, you know, I've been, I've been doing this a long time now. I just had my 30th anniversary in full-time ministry back in October. And I can't believe it. I started at 26. I'm 56. My wife and I have been married. Next month will be 38 years. Our two kids are grown and, and married well in the church. They love God. They're serving. Now I have two grandsons, eight and three, and a granddaughter, a three-year-old granddaughter, and a new granddaughter on the way in four weeks. Yeah, and that's, and I just see, listen, we started with nothing. My wife and I started with nothing. People look at us and say, look how blessed they are. They think we're getting paid rich money or something from the church. It's not true. We're blessed, but we're just, we're just receiving a salary like anybody else. But God has breathed on it because we never quit sowing. 
We never quit trusting. We never quit believing. We said, God, I know I need to be a good receiver because you want me to be a good giver. I don't know where you are in your life, but don't, don't get stuck in old glory because the greater glory, the Bible says this, greater things. He says, God says the greater, the latter things are going to be greater than the former. My glory, God says, will be greater. What's the glory of God? I'll just finish with this. My second closing. The glory of God, when Moses said at one point in Exodus 33, Moses says to God, God, I'm willing to cross over and take the people across now, like you said. And God said, take them across, but I'm not going with you. I'll bless you there. You can read it, Exodus 33. Moses says, God, if, you're, if your glory doesn't go, if your presence doesn't go with us, I'm not going. I don't care about the promised land if you're not in it. Because that's the whole point. And Moses says, God, just show me your glory. God says, nobody can see my face, but I'll show you elements of my glory. God says, stand over there, and my presence will pass by you, and my glory will be seen. He said, I'll make my goodness pass before you. I'll make my grace come before you. I'll show mercy to whom I'll show mercy. And I'll show you the power of the name of the Lord. You want to know what the glory of God is? It's not fire shooting out of your hands. The glory of God is seen in your life when these rivers flow and God's goodness is seen on your life. His grace is revealed on you. People are not looking for you to be perfect. They're just looking for you to be different changed. God loves you so much and he wants to give rivers to your life. Maybe you've been in a dry place. Maybe you've been in a desert season and you say, I don't know what's going on. We've all been through those moments, but the purpose of every desert is to find the rivers, to find the rock where the water begins to flow. The rivers of water begin to fill you and you find that satisfaction in the purpose you have in Christ. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, there are people that have worked so hard. And I sense in my spirit that there are people in this room who've been passed over for promotion. People who've been rejected. People who were in line for a raise, yet it was given to somebody else. As I started to say earlier, to those of you that are my age or older, I want to say this to you. The moment you start believing that your best days are behind you, that's when you get old. The moment you start believing in your mind that your best days are gone, I want to say this to you, no matter what your age is, your best days are just ahead of you, Alan. Your best days are just ahead of you, Mama Melfi. Your best days are just ahead of you. You were created for the flow of God's glory and purpose in your life. Just keep finding that purpose. You cannot die until your purpose dies or your purpose is complete. You cannot go from this place as long as you have the purpose of God in front of you. That's why you gotta discover your purpose here. That's why this is the church for you. You need to discover your purpose here in knowing God. 
Holy Spirit, would you come and touch the people today? I come against discouragement right now. Those who've been trapped, those who've been held back, those who've been held down, those who've been passed over, those who've been neglected, those who've been working faithfully on a job for years, only to feel the drudgery, only to feel like it's not getting them anywhere. If that's you, if, you're, if, you're, if you feel stuck in a place right now, on your job, or I would say this too, there's some of you that are stuck, you're, I'm not talking about marriage here, but I'm talking about relationships or toxic friendships. And you're getting swamped instead of flowing. And it's really troubled you. It's been heavy on your heart. God wants to breathe that breath of life back into you, set you into that garden, give you some seeds to sow, and cause those rivers to flow. If that's you today, and you say, Pastor, I need some prayer today, or maybe you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time or recommit your life to Him, either or, that's the getting on place, that's the biggest step of your life. Would you just stand up right where you are? I'm not even going to have you raise your hand. I want you to stand up if you want prayer today. If you're trapped in a job, if you're stuck in that place and you've been passed over, in fact, I feel there are people here and, and somebody made you a promise of an increase and it's been a couple years and, and then they forgot and you don't know what happened. And, it, and it, God has not forgotten you. Sir, ma'am, God has not forgotten you. God will cause that thing to that promise to come to pass or he'll move that person out of the way. Look at these people. Would you stretch your hands toward those that are standing around you? Father, we release the blessing of the rivers, the blessing of these rivers according to your word over each of these today. Let the gold be revealed. Let the gold in their lives be revealed. Let the gold begin to flow. Let there be a new cycle. We break the old cycle of lack, the old cycle of struggle, and we release a new season of a divine flow. Let the, the current flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Let there be a difference as they receive this word by faith. Be blessed and be strengthened in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.